be conscientious of that because it will affect you. And I have to sort of change my strategies in terms of financing. I have a company now that I, that I created, I open in order to buy more property. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey everybody, Sarah Larby here. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? And today's guest is one of my students, Vinny Singh, who has built so far a good real estate portfolio of some properties, had a couple before he met me and uh, did his first burr. And we talk about that today and, and what those numbers look like and also his, uh, his journey and what he's learned along the way being a real estate investor. So I hope you guys enjoy today's show. But before we do that, Dahlia, what is the tip of the week today from a financing standpoint? Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages, and on today's episode, I would like to share with you an update regarding mortgage qualification and what you can do about it as an investor. As you know, the mortgage qualification stress test was introduced in 2018, where federally regulated financial institutions such as banks and alternative lenders started to look at mortgage approvals differently as they started to use a higher mortgage payment to approve your loan compared to what your actual payment would be based on the rate you are being approved for. If you recall, they started to calculate payments based on the higher of two numbers, the Bank of Canada rate at 5.25 and the rate you are being approved for plus at 2%. To give you an example, if the interest rate at the time of a refinance or a purchase was 2%, then they would have assumed in the approval process that your rate is 5.25, which is the Bank of Canada rate, as the 5.25 is higher than a 4%, which is the 2% rate you're being approved for plus the 2% they added. As you know, the fixed rates and variable rates have been rising over the past few months. And for the first time now, if you are applying for a variable rate or a fixed rate, the lenders will qualify the application at a higher benchmark above the Bank of Canada's rate of 5.25. Because if you take the rate you're being approved for and add a 2% to that, this bar is now higher than the 5.25. So what does this mean to you as an investor and what do you need to do differently? A higher qualification bar may translate into less equity takeout, less mortgage on a purchase or a complete decline with an existing lender because the lending ratios are being compressed, meaning your lending ratios are above the lender's guidelines. A higher qualification bar can also push your qualification from a current lender to another more expensive lender where you have to inject a higher down payment, take out less money, or pay a higher interest, and in some cases, higher fees. I would like to remind you as an investor that you have options and strategies to navigate these changing guidelines so you can continue to grow and achieve your goals. These strategies fall into two categories debt management strategies and income management strategies. Starting with debt management strategies, these are strategies that focus primarily on reducing the monthly payments on your balance sheet in the eyes of the lenders to help ease up the pressure 
on the lending ratios. The fact that you are paying an interest-only payment on a loan or that you have an interest-free loan with six months grace period, let's say, does not mean that the lender will take that into consideration. Lenders have their own ways of running the numbers. As a result, reshoveling some debts around through consolidation or reamortization can have a huge positive impact on the numbers. To give you an example, let's say you have a $20,000 balance on a Home Depot card that you've used to renovate a property and that you are currently not paying anything on that credit card because you took a three months no pay promotion. In the eyes of the lenders, it, and in some cases, it's not all lenders, but most lenders, that this card is costing you about 3% per month. That is $600 per month. Another example is a car loan or an RSP loan or a loan to invest where your monthly payment is high and you have a small balance left on that loan. The lender doesn't care about the small balance. They care about your monthly obligation. Debt management strategies can help you declutter your balance sheet and open up room with the lenders to maintain your borrowing power. The other tool is income related, where we can look at ways to add more income to your application through the utilization of higher rental income or supplementing your own personal income with additional income. This includes using higher rents on your application through appraisers' opinions of market rents. This can help the numbers in some cases where you have a vacant unit or if you're charging below market rents and where the rents, if you were to put the property up for rent, would be higher. In regards to your personal income, we can look at ways to pay yourself more from one or more of your businesses if you are an entrepreneur or add a guarantor to the deal or partner with someone who can come to the deal with additional income to help the application. If you are concerned about the impacts of tighter mortgage qualification on your plans, myself and my team at Streetwise Mortgages will help you strategize and explore the best tools to help you stay ahead and maintain momentum. Email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com to book your complimentary planning session. Cheers to your success. Awesome, Dahlia. Thank you so much. That was great, guys. Reach out to Streetwise Mortgages for any financing assistance. If you want to review your portfolio, refinance, purchase properties, and everything in between, you do need a good mortgage broker on your side. So with that said, let's bring on Vinny. Vinny, it is my pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on, Sarah, on the podcast. And I appreciate you taking me on and share my story, my investment story with you. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. So you are one of my VIP students. We've been working together for a little while now. And just to see how you've come and your progress since we started working together is remarkable. But before we get into all of that good stuff, let, let's take a step back and, and find out how you got started in real estate investing in the first place. What tweaked your interest? So my interest in real estate started out without basically knowing anything about real estate investing. My first property I got was, was through a real estate agent that I bought. It was in Mississauga. And of course, the prices were, were so high then, knew nothing about cash flow, things like that. So I invested in that property and I had some, some equity in, in my home and I also had a line of credit. And 
I thought maybe I'll invest again. And I invested again, bought another property. And then I realized that there's more to this investment. And that's when I started seeking out like the right club. I started listening to the right club and other podcasts, including yours. And that's when I seek you out, Sarah, to help me along the way. Very cool. So, so you had your, so just to back, back up a little bit, you had your primary residence and then you decided to buy a condo as your, as your first investment property. But like, what made you want to do that instead of maybe investing in like the stock market or something, something like RSPs, tax-free savings account or some, something along those lines? Well, before, before that, I, I was always looking at investment and, and I, li- I listened to some like macroeconomic podcasts and, it, you know, they talk about hard assets. So hard assets is where it's tangible assets. You could see it. So that's why I started out in the real estate realm, but I had no experience at all. I had zero experience. I, I was going from brand new. I just seek the realtor out and bought a property. Very cool. Now, did you have any, any family or friends that were investors in the past, or is it literally just something that you decided because you heard about hard assets and real estate being an option that you're like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Or did you have maybe somebody around you that was already doing something similar? No, I didn't have anyone around me. The realtor that I had, I actually had to call him and said, I'm interested in investing in a property. And he started to help me out. Of course, he wasn't uh, like a invest real estate investor agent. He was just a regular agent. So, yeah, I had no family or friends. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, right? So, I mean, you you decide that you want to go do this, and you didn't have it sounded like analysis paralysis. You went ahead and you you bought something. Probably in hindsight, maybe you but would have bought something different, but. I do want to reiterate, I mean, you bring up a good point with finding realtors that are investors that predominantly work with investors because likely they'll be able to calculate numbers, talk to you about different strategies and all of that good stuff. And, and when I first started, I had a very similar situation as you. Our first investment property, we used a, a realtor from, from, from where we, we were living and we used to trek out to Brantford together. And it's obviously a lot easier to use somebody that's not only local, knows the, the market themselves, but have you know, some investment properties that they've done in that area and, and all that good stuff because your team is going to, to help you for sure. So you bought that first condo, you closed on it. Like what was your, what was your original strategy that you wanted to do with, with your investing? Well, my original strategy was basically I was buying properties thinking I can hold them for long-term. And when, you know, my retirement, I have properties that I can sell and get the equity out of it. I wasn't thinking cash flow. I wasn't thinking anything about that. I was just thinking about the asset. And maybe 20 years from now, I can sell that asset and then take the money and retire. Or, or the, the equity I get, I'll retire with that. It wasn't until I met you and I started learning and I learned so much now. That's when I learned about cash flow and things like that. So, so you had the two condos. So you got two condos that were, I mean, is it fair to say that they were essentially cash flow negative? That's, yeah, that's fair. They're cash flow negative. Okay. Um, so it's cash flow yeah. negative. They're condos. So again, condos, you got to 
worry about the condo board, raising the fees every single year by different amounts than what you can actually raise the rents. And you're also probably limited in how you want to structure your rentals. Because if you wanted to change that to a short-term or midterm rental, there might be some, some regulations around it based on the condo board. So why, why originally was it condos? Like in, in your first two that you purchased, why condos versus a house or something different? Well, it was the market that I bought. <laughs> the only thing that was below like a million dollars was a condo. So that's, that's what I ended up buying. That's the only reason. I mean, it was Mississauga and Branson. <laughs> At that time, it's 2020, we're talking. October of 2020, right? Sorry, it was October 2019. Sorry. Yeah, that's when I started. So that's when you bought the first condo. And yeah. then when did you buy your second condo? It was 2020 of end of June. That's okay. the second one. Yeah. So we were like in the pandemic and yes. you didn't let that stop you. You still went ahead and you bought something, which is good. Yeah. And I think at the end, it was right around then, right around June, I, I kind of seeked you out as a, I needed, I started listening and says, like, I, the advice I have to everyone is, is get a coach, get a mentor. If you're new, get a mentor. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite strategy, the Burr strategy. So he's well-versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting to the design to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjack contractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have. You can also reach out to him Instagram, which is at Blackjack Contracting Inc. And like he says, he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives. So when you have Blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So guys, 100%, I recommend Blackjack Contracting. I will say that Finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the Burr strategy. And now back to the show. I, I will say too, I mean, I do agree with you. I, I didn't start originally with a mentor. I have even mentors now today that, that take me to that next level, for example, with the development stuff and whatnot. But I, I think it's, it's not only getting the mentor, but it's also executing and making things happen and making making changes along the way. So we'll, we'll talk about your latest investment in a minute, but if you had to look back, I mean, you started in 2019, you've been investing for a little bit now. What are some things for somebody that's going to be in your shoes soon, starting out, wanting to get their first one, two, three, four properties or, or whatnot? 
What are some pieces of advice that you can share with them or maybe some, some learning opportunities that you learned maybe the hard way that you could share with somebody to not maybe make the same mistakes? So I would say mistake number one was not seek investor type of realtor. Number two would be, I would have got the mentor quotes earlier and, and then I would have probably saved a lot of money in terms of, yeah, I might spend some, to, but in the long run, you would save a lot more. It might've saved me from negative cash flow properties, things like that. And you're ahead, you'll be ahead of the investment by doing that as well. It doesn't take you all the read and all the stuff to, to go through. And you take action a lot faster, quicker, and you can move along a whole lot faster. So, so the mistake I made, I think, was not seeking a realtor that invest, investor focused, and not getting the mentor earlier. And, and the properties that I bought too, that was a bit of a mistake. Yeah. I mean, look, I, th- I think some of those properties in the long run do really well. I think it's just a matter of like what, what somebody's goals are, right? If somebody is looking to not necessarily take a bunch of cash flow today, but they want to retire in 20, 30 years from now or something along those lines, that's one thing. But if somebody's looking to replace their income or part of it, then and 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 not only take advantage of potentially the equity, but also not have to pay into the monthly costs of of running that property. I mean, I think that's a different strategy as well. So so I think you switched your strategies along the way. I mean, obviously you were buying condos and why, so what, what is your strategy today? Like, what are you buying today? What are you looking for today in comparison to two years? So, yeah. So today I'm looking for like force equity properties, you know, uh, for example, you, you buy the property. What, what can we do with it? Duplex, you can add additional dwelling units, things like that to get force equity and also uh, that will also help the property to cash flow um, a bit. I mean, it's getting tougher to do, but that's that's the whole strategy that that you showed me and and I learned over over the time I've been with you. So that's that's great, and thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just with the the times that we're in, the prices having increased so, and rent has increased as well, but but not significantly more where you can make it work. I don't think anymore in in 2022 that we can buy a single family house, unless you're up north somewhere like very far, but a single family house within a four hour radius of the GTA and make it cash flow. And I think one of the things too, and you feel free to comment on that, but if you buy properties that are cash flow negative, at some point the banks will say, unfortunately you are capped because we have to account for the negative cash flow based on your mortgage, your taxes, your interest, how much rents you're getting, and then you having or an investor having to put in money every single month. So I think not only is cash flow good, obviously you, you can replace your income slowly, but you can obviously take the ups and downs of the, the real estate market. As, as we know, not everything goes up every single year all the time. But also, I think it helps from a financing standpoint as well. Any thoughts or insights on that? Yeah, that's correct. And, and it did affect me in terms of finance and those, those negative cash flow on properties. So that's advice for anyone that's doing this real estate as well. Be, be conscientious of that because it will affect you. And I have to sort of change my strategies in terms of financing 
I, I have a company now that I that I created I open in order to buy more property. It's not going to stop you, but it'll just put the hurdles and make things a little more difficult. If if you had that goal in mind from the get go, make things a little easier. But yeah, I had to change my strategy in terms of financing um, because of that, and hopefully it'll all work out at the end. But you have to take actions to to get where you want to go. So mm-hmm. that was part of it. I mean, it's it's not the end end all, but yeah, it, it definitely affected. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so sometimes I get I get a lot of emails messages about people saying, I can't find anything in this market. There's like 20 offers on everything. And it is true. I mean, this is a tough market to be in at some point. Once the rates start going up, I think it'll start going down. Not not the prices per se, but just the amount of offers might stabilize and we might not see as it being as crazy. What can you tell somebody? Because I mean, obviously you were making... I don't know how many offers you made before you got one, but can you share maybe some some of your process or how you got the last property and, and how many offers you had to make along the, those lines? Well, after speaking with you, you, your advice was you make offers and stick with your numbers, make sure your numbers work. I mean, the market was climbing at that time and the numbers was were where those are the numbers. There was bidding wars going on. There was everything going on. I was probably, you had, you said that these five offers in a month. So that's what, what I did. And we were able to pick up this property with the first, I think the owner was, he wanted to sell it and he saw the offer and he said, okay, and it sold. So I got that property and, and that's where we are now working through that one. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a real estate investor or entrepreneur looking to get out there and network with some awesome people? Then the Have Your Cake and Eat It Too is a retreat you won't want to miss. Treat yourself to a three-day retreat, focus on your health, wealth, and time for yourself on the site of the new luxury Inspire Beach Resort. This retreat will include live bands, great speakers, yummy food, delicious drinks, fun activities, and lots of time for networking. For more information and to get your ticket, visit www.saralarby.com. And now back to the show. So I think sometimes you just have to make enough offers that some of them will just be declined and some of them will be accepted, right? And it's just a numbers game. It's an activities game. Because I think the one that you got, I mean, it was listed for, it was listed for 500 at the time and it was listed for, for two days. They weren't holding offers and you, and you put in 475 and the agents told you, you'll never get it. You know what? Don't bother. Like not your agent. Your agent was great. The other agent from the seller, they're like, I don't even want to present this to the buyer or the seller because it's two, two days in and it's 25 grand under and long and behold, what did they do? Yeah, I got I got the property. I was so shocked when I got it. You know, you got the property. The numbers worked. We're waiting for the refi. I know we are, but it'll likely come in between seven and seven fifty for a duplex conversion. Your money will come out, and you can recycle your money and go on to the next one. I think that's just the big difference with value added types of deals versus just sinking in your money into buy and hold and maybe refinancing in a year and a half or two years if the market goes up. But if you have a little bit more control over making the renovations, getting a re-up an appraisal done so that you can recycle your money, you're going to be closer to your goals. If your goals is within 
I would say five to 10 years of leaving your nine to five job or being able to leave your nine to five job. And what, what is the next, what is the next thing for you? Like, what are you looking forward to? What, what types of additional properties are you looking for? Are you looking for joint venture partners? Like maybe share some, some insights on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, look, I'm interested in joint ventures as well. Now that I, that I did the birth strategy and I have contractors that I know and, uh, realtor finance and things like that. I have the, ex- the, the experience and our expertise in doing this again. And I'm looking at properties, I'm making offers. I'm also looking at mixed use properties to see if we can put like extra units in there. I have uh, in place now lawyers, and, you know, tax accountants, things like that. You built your team. So all the pieces are in play. Yeah, I built a team basically, yeah. And all the pieces are in play. So definitely, if there is JV partners that are interested, I'm interested in doing that to grow. And I'll be the active in terms of construction, getting the project to move along. So right now, I am making offers and I'm looking at those type of uh, buildings as well. So mixed use, looking in the same area while in Hamilton to, to get those properties. It is, it is work. You got to put the time in. You got to put the effort. You got to come home and, and do those things every day. Uh, to make that progress along, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, re- real estate is, is great, but you also have to put the time and put the work in. And yeah. That's the only way success. Yeah. Agreed. And, and just to go back on the mixed use piece, I mean, I think that, like you said, it's, it's a good opportunity. I think it's still a very untapped market, but when we've done a few of these as well, where we're finding some storefronts with residential on top where they're in the right zoning and the right city to get approvals to actually convert the commercial space into residential units. Uh, and, and sometimes the commercial spaces are much bigger and you can add many more residential units and get your lift that way. I think it's, uh, it's about thinking outside the box in 2020 to make deals make sense because a lot of, of stuff that's on the market right now is overpriced, is probably not that great of a deal. People are trying to sell just to see what they can get. So you're, you're looking at some JVs. I know you have access to also some, some cash, some private money. Well, obviously that can be financed, but I think that's, that's interesting. So joint ventures, you're also, you're also hosting a Zoom meet and greet. Yeah, I do. I do uh, like I'll make, I'll make that a monthly thing where, and, and that's what, I just want to bring that aspect as well. Um, in this business, it's all about networking as yeah. well. So I started that on my own. I figured if we can network with other like-minded individuals, they may be looking for something that I have or they may be able to help. So we, we started that network event. It was great. You have people together. And I'm looking forward to doing that again at some point. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so, I mean, I think it was really good. It was like, well, we put together, we were on Zoom, we were introducing each other, we were helping each other with, you know, different questions or different things that maybe one person had that the other didn't. And this is how you can make, make deals even happen, right? Whether it's, it's different opportunities, maybe you have money to, that you want to borrow, maybe you have money that you want to lend, maybe somebody has deals and vice versa. So I think it's great if somebody is interested that's listening and they want to be part of your networking group, where can they go? Where can they reach out for that? So I'm on Instagram at Penny's 53 on the Instagram account. So I have a, a website, vssinvestment.ca. So you can reach me there and put my email on this podcast and be able to reach me there as well. 
Awesome. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. And if somebody's maybe not yet started and they want to partner with you potentially, they can reach out on those same avenues as well, Vinny? Yeah, that's right. They can reach out as well on the same same thing. If you're new and you wanted to start and you don't know where to go or how to do it, at least I went through that path and I know the, the ways now and or the mistakes that can be made. So, yeah, we can we can work together. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So Vinny, the next part of the podcast is the lightning round. So every guest gets the same five questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready to play? Yes. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Megan Chomut. If you're looking for a great financial advisor to add to your team who actually understands and incorporates real estate as part of your overall plan and gets your money working for you, you can reach out to Megan at meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. And also she's offered for my podcast listeners to provide you with a free customized individualized 90 day game plan for getting ahead. So to get that, go to meganchomut.com forward slash Sarah. That's M-E-G-H-A-N-C-H-O-M-U-T.com forward slash Sarah. And now back to the show. All right. Here is question number one. What is your favorite real estate investing book? Well, I was going to be cliche, but, but I did read The Rich Dad for that book. And that kind of got me started into this real estate world. But I, I don't know if it's favorite, but that one started. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number two, doesn't have to be real estate related, but do you have a favorite podcast? Well, I would say yours is one of them. The yeah, they're already favorite. listening to mine though. So maybe they <laughs> want to know what other ideas or other Yeah, I do listen to the other podcast that's my favorite is the Lex Freeman podcast. It's all about artificial intelligence and cool. how it's going to help us in the future. So that's my favorite one. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Number three, what do you do for fun aside from work, real estate that, that is not work or real estate related? So I have a I have a sports bike that I ride. So I put my helmet on, my gear on, and I go out to like Hamilton and the back road, snake road, whatever. And I just for a day I'll go out and do that and let loose a bit. And I enjoy doing that or like go out hiking or take a bike, like bicycle, not the bike bike, but do some <laughs> trails, things like that. Yeah. You're not you're not a biker, you're uh no motorcycle. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number four, if you lost everything tomorrow, if you lost all of your assets, all of your real estate, all your money tomorrow, how would you start again? Well, I'll try to get a job for, for at least for money to come in. And once I get the money enough that I can partner up with someone or get now that I know different network groups, things like that partner up with someone and then start from there. Maybe partner with someone and buy a property that's, I don't know, that's further out from here where you don't need as much to, to start and then start growing it slowly. You know? I mean, that's the only way. Now that I know that you can do it and it can be done, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Great answer. And last question, number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend that money? Well, if you're new to real estate, I would say hire a coach, take that money, hire a coach, 
And once you get codes, then you'll be able to get like financing in place, things they'll show you the, the, the real estate investors, how you can invest that money that you have and start building from there because 50,000 is not a lot, but it's a lot in terms of getting you started on your path to get going. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you have, if, you, if your strategy and your deal is good, there is access to money out there. And I think a lot of people that are starting out may not know this. I mean, if you need, I mean, I know, I know you've utilized that option as well because if it makes sense, it makes sense. Right. And so it's not just about bringing JVs all the time. Sometimes it's about knowing the right people that you can borrow funds from where the deal makes sense. So buy and hold probably not, but if it's something that you're adding value and you're doing a refi, like the birth strategy, there's lots of money out there for those. And that's the reason I said hire someone or go to someone that knows. And from there, you can start building your network. That's yeah. where you create your team and all that. So 50,000 can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> that's sure. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Vinny, where can my listeners reach out and find out more? I know you've mentioned Instagram and your website. Can you just mention that again, just for people to write it down? So Vinny's five to three on Instagram. That's my handle there. And I'm on Facebook as well. Vinny Singh. Also vssinvestment.ca. Amazing. vssinvestments.ca. Perfect. Vinny, thank you so much for being on and congratulations on your success. I'm excited to see the refi. I think you've got a great project that you are finishing up and to, to many more. So cheers to that, Vinny. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate everything you did for me and thanks a lot. Awesome. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.